You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast, an amazing victory for Wales and we're going to be picking the bones out of that over the next 45 minutes or so and we've only gone got a new sign in, well <laughs> a return of an old favourite, the mighty Murph joins us for the first time in person, how are you doing Murph? In the flesh. In the flesh, it's yeah. Weird. It's weird. It is weird isn't it, yeah. yeah. You were saying as well that like, you, you had no idea what I looked like as I pulled up. You, your face doesn't even match your voice at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some very strange blind date. It's a, it's a kind of rugby the, blind date. It's the worst blind date I've ever been on. <laughs> I'd love to say the same. Yeah. Well, what does that say about my date this year? <laughs> um, but yeah, good to uh, good to finally get you on uh, get you on in person this time. So we've got loads to, to talk about and yeah, there's only one place to begin really. But what a, what a game that was yesterday. Just didn't see that coming. No, no one did. I mean, I can't remember a better opening game to the tournament. Definitely Wales don't start well that well, no. not under Gatland anyway. I mean, for the neutral, amazing as well, uh, as an advert for the tournament and on, as a whole. <clears throat> not very enjoyable if you're Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, I, and I, the thing I said to a few people last night is, so typically Welsh to play like that when you're missing... Uh, seven or eight Lions. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something we're going to get onto selection in a minute, but that was one of the surprising things was it's almost the, that favourites tag thing that Wales seem to, they seem mm. to just play best when they've been completely written off. You look at those mm. big Gatlin victories in particular, you know, I'm thinking of the 2015 World Cup in Twickenham when the back line was decimated. Mm. There's these parallels where you look at it and go, they just seem to play better when they're, no pressure when they're written off. Mm. Yeah, uh, 2013 when England came for the Grand Slam. Yeah, exactly. Expecting to stuff us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, everyone had low expectations. Uh, it was just really refreshing as well, yeah. you know, the way they did it. Yeah, it was. So, um, as usual, we're going to go through uh, fact or fiction, which is where we get an opportunity to debate uh, some of the big, you know, basically five statements, and we'll debate whether they are true or not. So these all relate to 
either the game yesterday or the, the game we've got coming up uh, against England. And we'll also have a trawl through Sinbin, uh, which is uh, the opportunity where we get to, to vent our spleen a bit, which normally is the... Oh, is I not, haven't heard of Sinbin. I haven't got Sinbin either. Uh, it's easy though, this weekend. It's yeah. just, just the French doctors. Excellent. Oh, yeah. That's it. That, that will, that'll, definitely, uh, that'll definitely be coming up. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish with a look ahead to, uh, to next week and that game at Twickenham and whether uh, you can actually enjoy it or not. I know I, I struggle in the build-up to this one just because there's too much on the line. Um, but before we get underway, as always, a big thanks to our sponsors, uh, which is So Coffee Trades. Uh, make sure you head on to socoffeetrades.co.uk uh, to get your fill of some excellent coffee. Right, underway then, Murph. Uh, do you want to start? I, I do want to do this. You've, I like the way that you've differed from Killick on this, and you've said, yeah, go on, just spring it on, uh, surprise it, spring it on me. Because, mm. uh, yeah, Dan likes to look and trawl through them <laughs> in case there's any kind of curveball. He cheated on exams as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's it. He's got like a crib sheet there. So, um, do you want me to uh, pick a number one to five and I'll, uh, and I'll throw a, a statement at you? Yeah, tight dead, three. Three, excellent, all right. Well, this is looking ahead to next week. So, in the wake of the Scotland game, Wales have nothing to fear at Twickenham next week, fact or fiction? Well, you, I mean, <laughs> that's a good one. You've got to say fiction there because, I mean, uh, England were going to stuff it up their jumper next week anyway, but after yesterday, they're going to stuff it right up their jumper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a, they're a set-piece-based uh, set team and nothing's going to change. Like, when, when they show the highlight reel of England scoring loads of tries, that's always after their forwards have batted you for a good hour, <laughs> yeah. always. So... Um, what was the question? So yeah, <laughs> no, Wales have nothing to fear. Yeah. Well, they, they haven't really, but you, you, I, I can't. You know, there's already people saying Grand Slam is on and all mm. that because of the way we played. It's going to be really different. Like, they're going to face a defence for a start. Well, I think that's the big thing. Is Scotland just seemed to fall to pieces in as brilliant as Wales were, and you have to turn up and you've got to deliver the goods. But that Scotland side was considering how much they've been bigged up, they were woeful yesterday, I mm. thought. They offered none of the, the sparkling attack, really, other than the, the odd moment. Yeah. I thought that they were they were stuffed at the breakdown, you know, where they caused so much trouble last year. Mm. The Welsh forwards were just in, clearing out lots of great quick ball. Yeah. And you, you kind of have to think that we're not going to get that next week, you'd imagine. No. I mean... The, their line-out was shocking as well, yeah, as, well as, as, as well as their uh, breakdown work. I, I think the boy at... Outside centre, Harris was it? I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, on his first game, he was a big drop off from who was been playing there in the yeah. autumn. Um, lots of things didn't go. I mean, we obviously Wales were playing a wide game, and uh, that would obviously spread the field. But then there was just huge gaps in midfield for for Alvin Jones to shoulder yeah. up and you know loads of breaks through the middle. Corey Hill had some big big breaks as well, and. Um, you're just not going to get it next week. It's just it's going to be a, a gritty. It's going to be as hard as that World Cup game you mentioned earlier. If yeah. you're going to get a win, um, when's that? That's probably the last time they lost the Twickenham. She yeah. Um, what's that? Yeah, it probably well it is, isn't it? Yeah. And that's three seasons ago. Yeah. So I mean, you mentioned the way that England are going to play, and yeah, we fully expect them to be playing. You know, I imagine close to ten man rugby for the for the bulk <laughs> of the game. Mm. How does that affect what Wales do? Will Wales try and go back to what they've done under Gatland and soak up the pressure, or are they going to try and do this, do what they've done against Scotland? You know, how would you how would you be playing it if you were if you were coaching them next week? I don't think they can go back now. Mm. It feels like we've burst through a door. You know yeah. what I mean? Now we've we've come out <laughs> as a running team. Um, I don't think there's any going back. I mean, we 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 couldn't. You can't really go toe to toe in a set piece game with England. I don't think there's. Many sides of will maybe you know, old Argentina, old yeah. South Africa, 
but not modern at the moment. They're just a huge side, aren't they? It's weird because when you see the stats on TV, they look on TV like like they're five kilos a man heavier yeah. at least. When you see the stats up, you have like a level level pack weights all the time, but it doesn't translate to the pitch. No, it doesn't. And you you're right. It's just the I think the the ferocity of some of those ball carriers as well. You know, if they if they have particularly when Laws and Atoji are in the are in the same side, they just seem to hit that much harder. So all that weight. Is getting put into going forward or knocking you back. Yeah, I mean, uh, Vunipola, Billy's a big miss for them. Yeah. Because there's a huge drop off from their first choice. I mean, Nathan Hughes is unavailable as well, but there's a big drop off down to Sam Simmons, pretty much on debut in the Six Nations anyway. Um, he's a talented player, but uh, uh, you could see when when Billy was fit and playing for Saracens a few weeks back, they were a different side when yeah. he was back. And I think it's similar for England. So that's the start. And then the other thing, going back to Wales' style of play, if they play in the second row, in the back row again, mm. you've got to play wide open. Yeah. You've got to move them around. So, um, Are there any areas that any areas that you think we can that we can exploit other than that? You know, obviously I think, yeah, you're right. If there's if there's a, a second row playing in the back row, that's an obvious one. Any other areas that you think Wales well, can ben, concentrate on? Ben Teo's hardly had any rugby this season. Yeah. He's straight back in the side. It's, it's a massive slap in the face for John Joseph, uh, Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, what's that about? Because, I mean, is this just James not fancying him, do you think? I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been in... I mean, Bath had been shaky. Yeah. Um, especially against the Scarlets. Um, so maybe that counted against him. I don't know. But uh, even if even if Jones is not first on him, it doesn't mean you've got to pick a guy who's barely played any rugby instead. So I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is. I mean... You've got Harvey Pass at outside centre is a revelation for us because he just mm. put, he just I know it sounds basic but he just puts the winger away. Yeah, he does. I, we haven't had centres that do that very often. I thought I thought that yesterday that it was just he reminded me of like it's just something that New Zealand do so well of having they have an exciting backline but they'll always have a pragmatic centre somewhere into the mix. Conrad yeah. Smith did sure. it. Aaron Major did it. Mm. Someone who actually knows the the time and there was a point yesterday where he put that massive kick downfield. Because he's just able to to make that instinctive decision and go no this is the time to this yeah. is the time to to get rid of the ball and there, there's an opportunity by booting it it's you know it's just such a kind of clinical New Zealand way of playing rugby mm. and they uh, always seems to have several seconds more time on the ball than everyone else you know you, you think he's in in under pressure and being rushed and he just takes his time and he didn't rush the pass to I mean he was forward yeah to Steph Evans uh, by the way Steph Steph Evans is first really good game for Wales too because he had oh, definitely, a shaky yeah. autumn yeah shaky autumn it was hard to gauge the summer tour as well and I know he got over for mm. a couple of um, for a couple of tries but it's mm. even then he didn't look like the same Steph Evans you've seen for the Scarlets mm. but there was those again there's the odd shaky defensive moment but mm. you've got to think that they're the things you can iron out mm. you know and, and realistically despite it being a the shaky moments we should have nilled them yesterday they shouldn't have had a point oh yeah Oh yeah, they were really lucky to get seven. And like I say, we said off air, Wales left loads of points out on the pitch. It could have been a fifty pointer, I think. Yeah. Like there was a two glaring instances where the offload to Steph Evans was slightly behind him, and Anscombe dropped one right down his. He was right at his face. Yeah, that, oh, that was just. I you know I forgot. He was under the post. It. He was under post. Yeah, because I think the the one with Steph Evans, it was just a fraction too short from him mm. from Alan and Jones, wasn't it? But the one to to Anscombe was right in the breadbasket, and he yeah. just had to he had to take that one. Mm. Do you think that was set him back by way of selection? You know, those are kind of things that well, Gatland will be looking at and going, actually. Possibly. I mean, it, it, he, he knew because he could see he was still complaining about it. To, um, I think he was chatting to Hadley Parks after the kickoff. I always watch him after the kickoff. Mm. 
and uh, you can see him. He's going like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's good on the podcast. He's, <laughs> he's holding his hands up like you do, fingers to the sky. At least you noticed again. <laughs> Killing Kill wouldn't have noticed, and that would be me to point out and go, "Yeah, this is a good, great podcast." So yeah, uh, you, you could tell he's probably dwelled on, dwelling on it all night, yeah. which he should. You know, you, do, you can't afford at that level. You can't afford to drop those. No, you can't. And again, if that's if that was next week, that would have definitely have had an impact oh, on his oh, yeah. yeah. selection. All right, let's move on then. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to say fiction on there. I'm always terrified whenever we play at Twickenham, <laughs> so, uh, especially living in those parts. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to say fiction there as well. All right, let's... Um, you, you want to choose another number or do you want me to... Do you want me I to don't mind you. All right, let's go for... Um, I don't want to cut my own throat. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to this one then. Right, so the Scotland game has shown that the team should always be picked on form, fact or fiction. Well, it's fact. I mean... The only, the only defence you could have of the uh, selection policy from Gatland and the coaching team in recent seasons over the conservative selection is they go with blokes who are used to test level mm. and they tend not to throw people in because I think I said this last time I was on actually that the jump from um, uh, regional games yeah. in the Pro 14 to test level is a big jump and that's why we need our teams to be in the latter stages of the uh, European competition more often so then they're exposed to really hard rugby before they <clears throat> go up to test level and so you, you could defend Gatland in that respect because some players uh, you could reel them off who've had chances I don't know like Sam Davis or yeah. whatever found it hard if Steph Evans initially has found it hard on the step up but he's had a good game yesterday um, so you could defend him on that point but then again, there's people like Reese Patchell who just had a blinder yeah. yesterday. Not his first cap or anything, but it's his first Six Nations game. Yeah, I know, I, I'm always quite intrigued with that when people say, oh yeah, it's a Six Nations debut. I mean, like, I think if you've played like 10 minutes against Argentina in an autumn game, right, that mm. kind of almost doesn't prepare you for those games. But I think if you've played against Southern Hemisphere opposition, you know, he's played, he played at fullback in New Zealand. Mm. You know, that prepares you. Sure, mm. I mean, surely that is a harder game to play in than it is at home to... At home to Scotland and the Six Nations, you know. Yeah, it, it would be harder uh, technically, but mm. outside of the pitch, you know, the whole of Wales is the whole of Wales watching the media is all full on. If you've had a bad, if you've had have, have a bad game at home, yeah, on the uh, I was nearly said the Millennium Stadium. Yeah, call it the Millennium. Yeah. Principality aren't paying us anything. Call it the Millennium Stadium. <laughs> exactly. What do you like? On the Millennium, let's call it the Arms Park. There's a picture up there. <laughs> um, it um, it it stays with you for your career. Yeah, like um. Uh, what's the example I was thinking of someone had a horror game oh uh, he, he's over here now don't get me wrong Jonathan Davis is skewed kick last season yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to live in your memory mm. you know whereas if he'd done that for Wales on a foreign tour yeah. it doesn't carry the same weight no, Six right. Nations is where it I mean it, Cause my, all the my eyes, wife's a yeah. good example she's an expert every Six Nations yeah. she's an expert on rugby and she doesn't bother with it most of the rest of the season so you know that's when the world is watching Let's stick to Patchell though, because actually I think that you know, this isn't one of the, the factual fictions, but I just think that, you know, and I've been, I've been saying for weeks, I'm, I'm desperate to see him at fullback because I think that was able, you know, he's able to inject. Um, a, I don't think there's as much pressure on him at fullback and he's able to come in when there is, uh, when there is an opportunity to go and, and really make an impact. Um, but at 10 yesterday, he just looked so comfortable, didn't he? That yeah. You know, every time every time he had the ball, it's not just distribution or kick. You know that he's his first instinct is think right. Is there an opportunity to make a few yards here? Yeah, but again, uh, for every player who played well yesterday, and every player, well, the whole team played well, but every player that played yesterday, you can't really 
jump to too many conclusions until mm. next week because it's re- still hard to say I've watched the game back as well it's still hard to say if we were amazing or if Scotland were that bad yeah. it's still hard to judge until we see another game Twickenham away I mean if he, if he plays like that Twickenham away they just as well give him a night to it now you know because he, he was he was really good yesterday but was he being allowed to play that well was he having oodles and oodles of time to move and think and will he be denied that next week? That's the trouble. Well, that's it. But again, you've mentioned there that you know if England if England turn up with a second row in the back row, mm. again you'd expect there to be that little bit more freedom than if mm. you're playing against the side well, who's, who's got you know who's, who are absolutely going for you. And that's that mm. was you know for all Scotland's faults yesterday, that back row is you know is as pretty much as nimble and as mobile as they get, and they caused havoc the year before. You know mm. Watson and Barkley in particular. Uh, yeah, they snuffed Watson out. Yeah, they really did. He was a game changer last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, aside from Courtney Laws, they got a blind side playing open side again yeah. for England. Uh, Sam Simmons is quick, mind. But whether he's going to be a kind of a jackaler kind of a player, I don't know. So, um, I mean, yeah. the, the message is the same again to Patchell, though, isn't it? He's play exactly like you did. You can't tell him to do anything differently, I'd have thought. No. I don't think he's got another way. I mean, mm. what my worry with Patrol, if I got any concerns with Patrol, his, ta- his tactical kicking is not good. So mm. the, I think a lot of the reason why Scarlets lost to Bath early on in the Champions Cup this season was that that it was absolutely pissing down. Mm. It was a horrible uh, night to play rugby on, and uh, Reese Priestman had a, a good day with his kick, and he, he doesn't always. Mm. But Patrol was all over the shop. He was just skewing the ball all over the pitch, and sometimes I think that's. Not necessarily technique, but it doubts about where he wants to put the ball in the first yeah. place. And so a, a, a wide open running game is right up his street. Uh, if we get involved in a kick and wrestle, battle, yeah. yeah, a bit of a ping pong, uh, I don't think that, that's his strength at all. And then I'd rather have Hanscom. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, all right, let's, um, let's stick with selections in the backs, right? And this, is a, this will be a slightly contentious one, but something that's definitely been boiling on social media over the last, uh, over the last 12 hours. Despite his performance against Scotland, Lee Halfpenny should still be dropped, fact or fiction. <laughs> for who? Liam Williams, if he's fit. For Liam Williams, potentially for George North. There's a couple there's a couple of options if they are both fit. But yeah, Liam Williams would be the front runner. Yeah. Well, I mean, when he it's re, I mean he scored two tries and he, they were finishes. They weren't yeah. he didn't beat five men. But like he's been criticised for being a defensive player. Lo and behold, when Wales play attacking, mm. he gets on the end of scoring passes. Yeah. Um and then when you add in the fact that he's just pinged everything from the touchline yesterday, if he's in that kind of form going to Twickenham when it could come down to a penalty, mm. well, hopefully it comes down to a penalty kick duel uh, because I think we'd win that one with Halfpenny. Um, also, if you don't pick him, then your frontline kicker is Rhys Patchell. Yeah. And I don't think he's an international quality kicker. I don't know what his percentages are, mm. but you've got to be high 80s, haven't you? Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, and I don't think he is high 80s. Yeah. I mean, he's had a, this season, yeah, really. He had bad. a real wobble. I can't remember who he was against, but there was a. For, for the Scarlets, and he, yeah. I remember him very early on in his career doing the same thing for Cardiff, where um, it was almost like comical. The, yeah. the crowd was just laughing because he was just skewing it all over the place. So he's got that in there. I, I mean, he hasn't been that bad since, but I. I I'd be just if it's a similar situation to I suppose England if they go into a game without Farrell, then relying on George Ford mm-hmm. and his his kicking a goal is yes. not international standard either. So I would say, what was the question? <laughs> would you drop the half penny essentially? 
Uh, is that fact or fiction, though? Or is All it right. just a straight I, question? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was fact or fiction. The way it was phrased was... Um, God, I didn't realise there was going to be a bloody grammar <laughs> test here as well. Uh, the way it was phrased was uh, Lee Halfpenny should be dropped despite his performance against fiction. Scotland. Fiction. Fiction all the way. Not, not, not because he's, you know, the complete player, but with Bigger out now, Lee Halfpenny is rock solid as our as our place kicker. Yeah, I think yeah, his, his goal kicking was fantastic yesterday. As it as generally for Wales, it has been. I mean, he's had a couple of ropey performances for the Scarlets, mm. particularly against the Ospreys. Mm. Kind of springs to mind, but yeah, you, you you got the feeling the minute he slotted that first conversion from the touchline, it was like right, he's he's in full on oh, yeah. goal kicking yeah. masterclass territory here. The other thing I think that he did really well, I think particularly with two inexperienced wingers around him was the the way that he organized that he organized the back three and yeah I mean like defensively he was brilliant and I actually think you can't kind of I don't think you can underestimate how how important defense was yesterday I think that just set the tone that when Scotland had a lot of ball we were able to snuff it out and from that came the intercept try and that's what kind of put them under pressure so I think you know as much as anything the defence was massive yesterday in terms of putting pressure on Scotland because they just weren't getting any change. You yeah, know? he seemed to be, uh, Halfpenny and Patchell seemed to be covering in behind Josh Adams a lot. I don't yeah. know if they told him to be high up the pitch because mm. both wingers are high up the pitch and then Patchell was dropping off to cover the field with the Halfpenny. So that worked well. But, um, yeah, distracted by someone. I, know, I was just making sure there wasn't a traffic warden sniffing around my sniffing around my car. I've already got done. I've already got done for a uh, for a traffic violation in. Uh, I drove. I drove in a bus lane a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago. Not in, here in Cardiff. Yeah. Did yeah, you? Yeah. Where? Oh God, I can't remember now. But there's a bloody there's a picture of it. I've got it somewhere in my car. <laughs> I'll dig it out. Yeah, but absolute shambles. Uh, right, that has, that has thrown me slightly off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's it's really difficult, and I was chuffed for him actually. I I put a tweet out yesterday saying that. You know, that would definitely have been one of the changes I'd have made is yeah, I don't so, think I'd have gone yeah. with Halfpenny, but yeah, who else did you say? I said I said Navidi will come on to us in, yeah. in a sec yeah. actually. But yeah, I'm I'm still convinced that half there is that Halfpenny should be in the side as a winger though. I just think because you're right, he gets those opportunities, you know, he'll he'll finish when it's uh you know, when it's a, a two on one and, and those opportunities he had yesterday, <laughs> you know, you'd expect most most fullbacks in the world to finish those, especially at test level. Um, so well, I, I felt sorry for uh, Josh Adams actually. Yeah. Because on both occasions he, he could have given it. Yeah. yeah. He was waiting outside just as like a spare prick at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like he, um, I don't know. In the past though, we, particularly in the last couple of years, like I've said this before, but even when we've scored tries, we haven't looked like scoring them. We've needed like a five-on-two overlap, and we're still shipping it too early. Exactly. So actually, it was good. It was good to see that. But I don't know. For me, I just think that where he hasn't got that great counter-attacking game. And he's so good defensively, and you know he'll, you know he, he will. Um, he's fine under the high ball, and his goal kicking's amazing. I just think that on the wing, his positioning. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. it. Dan has actually Dan, so Dan's on a stag do in Is he? Uh, in Scotland, yeah, uh-huh. of all places. So um, oh, you must be yeah. lording it over him. I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he's up there, and he's left he's left me a couple of voice notes which I may edit in um, later on. But I was surprised at how. Uh, yeah, how um, composed he was at ten o'clock on a Saturday night. Mm. So yeah, I don't know whether either he can hide it well or um, yeah, he, he hasn't well, been to bed for two days. He must have been on it at least eight hours by ten o'clock. Yeah, and the rest. Well, you'd it? imagine so, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. He seemed to hold it together. Maybe that's it. It's just like it's 
he's watching the Wales game in so much detail that Lee Halfpenny's positioning is like <laughs> drinking pints of water for him. It's slowing him down. Um, so yeah, I may, I may drop Dan Killick's thoughts in uh, and I may not. Right, let's move on then. Um, right, so yeah, you've just mentioned it there. The other, the other player I wasn't sure of was, was Josh Navidi. Now, the statement I've gone for here is, is now a fact that Josh, well, sorry, Josh Navidi is now international class fact or fiction. Fact. Always lost. But mostly, there's a guy I follow on Twitter, a Cardiff Life blog, is it? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dreads of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen... Yeah, I follow the same guy, actually. Yeah. He's, uh, he's good, actually. Yeah, he is. Mm. Um, and actually, to be fair, as well, I should be plugging other podcasts. He does a good podcast. Oh, well, I haven't listened to him. Which is... Uh, yeah, don't be going guesting on that one there. I uh, haven't got ex- any time. Ex- got... Exclusivity clause. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got time to listen to any of this. I've I, I, um, I got like loads of cheesy American ones I like to oh, listen yeah. to. I only listen to one rugby one. And That's it. Quite right. That's the message for everyone. <laughs> no, to be fair, he, he does know his stuff. I love that though. The uh, the dreads of destruction. Mm. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I'll, I'll put my thoughts out there because I just you know, and it's I was saying this before the game yesterday. I feel awful when you say it. You know, when I was sat there going, oh, I just don't know if he is international class or not because mm. you never question his commitment. No. Whether he's playing for the Blues or he's playing for Wales, he chucks everything at it. Like he never shies away from anything. Um, his commitments, you know, is unbelievable, and he and he was playing well in the autumn again. I think particularly the New Zealand game, uh, you know, I looked at it and thought, mm. God, yeah, you know. But then I was just there's just this nagging doubt in my head to go, well, is he better than Tipperick? Is he better than is he better than Davis? And I'm still not sure any of those statements, but he just looked so good and so comfortable mm. yesterday was, in everything that he did. That was the biggest surprise to me about the selection actually was mm. Tipperick not on the starting fifteen, and um, uh, the VD in front of him. I mean, is it, the thing is with the I, uh, he's another one who played at Wanderers, uh, yeah, yeah. Josh, and um, he, it's rich for me to say, but he's quite a, most rugby players, I guess, he's quite a funny shape. Yeah. He's like a huge up, up top, but he's quite stumpy, kind of a build, yeah. and legs, he, he, like in another era, he might have been a hooker. Mm. Um, There's it, another one I watched, <laughs> I think I've said this before, uh, I watched... Um, Early on in his career, Luke Charter is playing for Pontypool against yeah. the Wanderers at the Wanderers, and he's already, I think, been uh, touted as an international, or maybe he even had a cap, and then gone away. He had a cap very early on, on yeah. And um, <laughs> I watched him play. I said, and I with, with my mates, I said he'll never be an international. He's he's just a funny shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Q two thousand and eleven World Cup, and he was just amazing at that World Cup. Yeah. So they're not like a, I, I suppose. For some of them, being in an odd squat shape is where they get all their strength from, if you know what I mean, yeah. especially elite elite people we're talking about now. Um, and he, he just, he's like, he looks strong, but he's even stronger than he looks, if mm. you know what I mean. I think he, I don't know how tall he is. I think it's that wrestling background that runs in the jeans, isn't yeah, it, maybe, you know what I mean? That, the, dad, the way well, can... it, that would definitely help you with the breakdown, let's be honest, yeah. if he's had any, um, if his dad was... Uh, Roughing him up as a youngster, yeah. you know what I mean. It's all about the the way, yeah, the way you can transfer your weight and and things like that. Exactly. That holds you in. Well, at the core strength as well mm. to not be shifted off the ball and everything else, you know. So um, I, I I am I, I'm not one of those who thought I don't think anyone thought he was the best open side yeah for, 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 to play for Wales um and and if let's be honest if Warburton was injury prone he wouldn't have had a cap yeah. I rather, I rather cruelly in the um, in the week actually text my brother and say because he said, "What do you think about the selection?" And I said, "I'm not sure Navidi's. Well, in fact, I am sure Navidi's not the best seven in Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I, I did. It's, I feel so bad kind of criticising him, but it it just seems to work. And actually, that's the kind of that's the charm of Josh Navidi, isn't it? Is you look at it and go, you're right. You know, 
body shape wise, he doesn't look like a mm. like a seven. You know, you every time you see him play, he just kind of always seems to to defy it and and go. Actually, it doesn't matter that he's, he doesn't fit the the archetypal mould. So I look at Ellis Jenkins, and I've said this before, but he's just like a he's a mini Warburton, and that's mm. why I think Gatland. You know, that's why I think Gatland likes him, and he's been in the squad mm. for a long time. Mm. Um, whereas Navidi doesn't, but it's just that kind of. It seems like it's that character that he's got in him that that just seems to drive in that extra two or three percent. Yeah, and I think uh, picking him ahead of Tiprick was a bit of a master show because I don't think Tiprick would have nullified Hamish Watson, mm. whereas Navidi did. He just kind of operates not quite as low. As Hamish Watson, cause, yeah, but down that you know, level, he's quite a leggy guy, uh, Tipperick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know how tall he is, but he he's got a leggy build, and I guess that's where he gets his open field speed from. You know, but um, at the breakdown, it was it was a bit of a masterstroke, I think, selection wise, because um, Hamish Watson would have been one of your biggest fears going into the game after last season, and uh, he was anonymous almost. He was, yeah. I think both the um, both the fetches in that back row, because Barkley every time. Was going beyond he the ball. Be, he should have been yellow carded. Yeah, that one right on our, right on their line. I mean, if if you're not going to use the yellow card for that, it was it was so blatant. Didn't yeah. it? He, he was even looking up, like you know, when they look yeah. up guilty, looking at the ref with a guilty look on his face. I mean, it didn't it didn't make any difference because we were already twenty points up. But if it'd been a close game, I think I might have hit the roof. Yeah. All right. Before we come on to the last one, uh, there was something else actually I wanted to drop in because I watched the under twenties game on. Have you seen that on, on Friday night? Yes, I did. Yeah. And it was your boy, uh, yeah. Rhys Carey. Well, I mean, I still in shock that he's still eligible. Yeah. For under twenties, I thought that because he was he was so big last season, I thought, well, okay, this boy is ready to move up to senior rugby, and then they announced the team, uh, the squad yeah. for the Six Nations, and he's still he's still fucking in there. He I can't look, believe it. He looks like. A man playing junior rugby, yeah. like he was, uh, he's, he's ball carrying, but over the ball as well, almost like that Gethin Jenkins mm. style kind of. Once he's on it, you're not going to, you're not going to shift. You him. can last season he was a heavy scrummager and he was just heavy around the park, and you can see that he's added a few more strings to his bow this season. In fact, um, one of the reasons, aside from the fact he's a man mountain, one of the reasons why I paid attention is because he's an ex pupil of my daughter's school. Oh yeah, and. Um, he was. He went back last season to present all the sports awards, and he presented the school with his under twenty jersey and everything else. And then the headmaster, headmistress, came up after, and he said, um, "He said uh, uh, Reese was a pupil at this school, and then he came back one summer, and it was like we'd have hired an extra member of staff." <laughs> he was, I don't know what age he was. He was probably only yeah. twelve at the time, um, but he is. I mean, and he still looks like there's room for improvement on his physique as well. I mean, he, he's obviously just twenty or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he's a huge lump, but it, it, it's not as if he's uh, one of these kind of English players who's already fully developed by the time they're 16. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I think those, um, you're right, it's because it's, it, you mentioned the B, obviously it's a massive step from regional to international rugby, but I think in certain positions that step from under 20s to, to pro rugby is massive. And obviously mm. the front row is, is in particular mm. one of them, but you know, it just seems to have everything that everything you could want in a, yeah. in a loose head. I mean, they were toying with them in the scrum. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, in fact, um, I, I thought Rob Evans is really good yesterday. Yeah. Uh, scrimmage is not scrimmage is not his um, strongest suit. Uh, Win Evans is the heaviest um, loose head scrummager we got. Win James. Um, Win Evans. I think Win Evans is the fellow off the go compare, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. Radio Wales. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's a tight head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Win Evans, amazing. Um, Win Jones, he's a really, he's a really I'm underrated. I'm glad we got through 20 minutes without that. Uh, <laughs> I made a mistake though. Do you know, I, I, all this time I thought it was just because I was on the phone and I, I 
conducting, <laughs> you know, talking to you. And I, I hate phones. So I thought face to face I'd be much more focused and I wouldn't get all my fucking names wrong. <laughs> so when, when Jones was... was yeah, um, he's, he's the, he's he's the scrum I think I said, said did I say it? Oh, no, I, I thought I tweeted, tweeted it, but I didn't. It was... Um, He's, he's, he's the new Paul James. Yeah. Because he's the heaviest scrummager in the country, but he won't get a game because he's, he's an open play genius in front of him. Yeah, that's just... I feel sorry for him. Because yeah. Rob Evans is, you know, he's the shit. Well, yeah, he is, but, you know, just even even yesterday, which was a game more about speed, you look at some of the hits that go in, and it's, it's no surprise that the players are injured all the time. So, you know, okay. he, he will get an opportunity. I'd oh, say yeah. even more so than... Well, uh, I mean, at least 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because no one finishes a game these days, yeah. do they? So they're on the front row. All right, last one on, uh, on fact or fiction. Um, so while the Welsh performance may have, been born in, uh, may have been born in West Wales, Gatland and his coaches need to take the bulk of the credit. Fact or fiction? Fiction. All right, go on. Well, I mean... It, it, it uh, goes back to what I said earlier on in the pod, actually, about typical Wales to lose seven or eight Lions mm. and play better. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> you know, um, if you can't, if you couldn't change style, we've been trying. Uh, the big thing is we've been trying to change our playing style for. What is it? A year or so? I don't know. Since the World Cup. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Well, officially since the World Cup, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Especially, I suppose, from the autumn when they when they dropped Jamie Roberts and Scott yeah. Williams, so that was just signifier. Nothing, nothing kind of materialised during the autumn. Uh, about uh, we were just going kind of lateral. Across yeah, the I pitch. just felt like we were playing more behind the game line. Mm. You know, we, I didn't, I didn't think in particular that the bigger and Owen Williams thing worked particularly. And that's not to say that either played badly, but I just felt that we were chucking the ball. Around more, but we weren't actually making any breaks. No, it was just bus. sideways. It was sideways. Long, yeah. long passes. So you weren't committing anyone in the centre of the field, and then it, whenever, whenever it did get to the wing, then there's three men waiting to fucking smash him. Mm. So yeah, that uh, I, I don't think. I mean, I'll be honest, but the, it was the Claremont game, wasn't it? Osprey's put Claremont away. A bigger bust his shoulder and went yeah. off, and then as a Reese Webb wasn't that he wasn't carried off or anything, but he was injured afterwards yeah. and. Ruled it ruled out for the tournament. I thought, well, that's any chance we had in this tournament's now fucked because mm. you know you got British Lions halfbacks missing on top of all the other players. The British Lions captain, yeah, the British player Lions series. player on yeah. the tour, all these players missing. Oh well, you know we just damage limitation in this tournament, and then you just get kind of young, fresh players in. I mean, I, I don't know if. Can we really play that well again? <laughs> well, this is yeah, this is it, isn't it? But you, you you still can't take any, you still can't give too much credit to. I mean, the backs coach definitely can't get any credit. Yes, yeah. his 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 paw prints were all over the autumn. So well, and has... worse still, his paw prints were all over the uh, were all over the Six Nations campaign last year because mm. he was actually head coach in that scenario. And mm. who, was it Sherrod they brought in as attack coach? Sherrod, yeah. yeah, he's now going to the Ospreys. So. Yeah, that's mm. right. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that I agree, and I think it's. You're right. It's almost taken this level of injury. Well, it has taken this level of injury to for um, for them to to give that kind of a backline a go. Yeah, I I think Hadley Parks is a big part of it. Yeah, being able to just straighten up and put the wing it away. It, it sounds really basic, but so many of our centres in recent seasons, even going back to Tom Shanklin. Yeah, he could. He was a really good player. But I'm not going to diss him at all. Yeah, because he was a good player, but he couldn't play, convert a two on one half time. Well, Shanks played his best rugby, I thought, when he had, you know, when he had Henson inside him, mm. you know, and that and that kind of 
mixture of someone who reads the game so well, like Henson, and and someone who's really there to to smash it over the game line, which is what yeah. Shanklin did. Yeah. That kind of kept defenses honest. Mm. And um, but yeah, he was you know wasn't renowned for being a no. A and, and even Jonathan time. Davis, who was you know uh, evident, you know based on evidence, the best yeah. uh, uh, outside centre in the British Isles, still not great at putting a winger away. No. He, he normally tends oh, to... He, what he does so well, though, is like he's, he's always been an incredibly greedy player, in, like, in a good way. Yeah. Like, I think his, his instinct is always, yeah, if there's a chance here for me, I'm going to have it. Mm. And, and more often than not, I think people tend to go, oh, he's going to put him away, he's going to put him away. Mm. And then, because he's got that deceptive turn of pace and he's so strong that he can, he can back, in, back himself and finish it. Yeah. Well, the other one I think he does is he gives it way too early so he can have the ball back again. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so he's giving to, even yeah. when he gives, so he he's, knows giving, he's, not gonna tackle, he's giving yeah. to receive. You know? Yeah, and Scott Williams scar streaking him too. Because yeah. the one, the, the, the clip that always gets played with Scott Williams is the rip off of Courtney Laws where he's won the game. Yeah. But he butchered a, a simple yeah, try. Yeah, it was game. a three on one, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, I was he, early on, I mean, he's still got a streak in him where he'd rather keep hold of the ball mm. now. A lot of them have. Jamie Roberts, obviously, would rather keep hold of the ball. He wouldn't offload if he, if his mum was outside. Um, <laughs> and she is much more of a ball-playing centre, actually, as well. So yeah, she reads the game better. Um, but so you know, they've all got that streak. But that that, that one in particular, Scott Williams. I, I was in a pub somewhere, absolutely blue yeah. language coming out. I, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I was I was there actually. Were you? Yeah, yeah, I was there, right in line with. <laughs> right, I was I was basically sat, was in the, sat in the twenty-two meter line, so I'd see that clearly, mm-hmm. and I was sat in line. Yeah, so I was exactly like you, turning the air blue, and then however many minutes later it was, mm. but it was it was quite quick actually, wasn't it? It was about five or yeah, certainly no I, longer than ten minutes later. I was still fuming, and, and I mean, I was thinking, well, you should never play for this country again. Yeah, you should never play for your country again after that. It's funny though, because there's certain players that it kind of doesn't matter what they do now. They look, you know, like you look at Gethin Jenkins and go, well, this, it wouldn't matter what Gethin Jenkins ever did. You know, if, if he, I know he's potentially not going to play that much anymore, but you looked at him and went, well, if he threw, you know, if he threw a pass, an intercept pass that cost us a World Cup semi final, <laughs> you still couldn't hold it against him. Yeah. And I kind of think, just like, I remember thinking exactly the same thing as you. And then when, when Scott Williams did get that try, I just looked at it and thought, God. And he, and he did similarly, he scored against Ireland as well, didn't he, a couple of years ago. Mm. Those kind of big tries that he scored off the bench, that he almost has pushed himself into those, yeah. into that kind of role for me as he can't, you know. It, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he does. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think he's an outside centre though. No, no, when you've got, do not. No, when you got Hadley Park. Yeah, it's just there's just the skill level is just. Yeah. Or, 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 or let's be more specific, the passing ability. Yeah. There's no comparison, and you, I think. No, there's not. People yeah, tend yeah. to like in this era. People tend to want their best distributing centre at inside centre. Yeah. Is you almost got like two tens or whatever, mm. whatever bloody tactics different teams are using, but I think. Having someone like Hartley Parks who can time a pass and you know deliver a good pass, is, I would be if I was Steph Evans, I'd be packing his kit for him, mm. you know, rubbing his shoulders, all that because he's just gonna he's just gonna tee him up for you. All right, just to finish on this uh, on this coaching this coaching setup now, and obviously you, you'll say it's fiction. Just to play devil's advocate here, he's still ultimately you know even if Gatlin's only instruction to them. On or Harry or whoever, even if their only instruction was go out and play like you do for your club, mm. that change has finally happened. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. there's there's a lot been made about you know there being a almost a culture of fear in the dressing room that they were afraid to make mistakes and that's why they haven't played mm. very expansive rugby. Even if it's as simple as Gatlin going, well, it doesn't matter. We're not gonna we're not gonna 
you know, that haul you over the coals if you think something's on. Mm. I think there's an element of an element of you've still got to say, right, well, you know, even though the the bulk of it has been built with the Scarlets, mm. if you freed them up to go and do it, it's worked. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're in a next week aside, we've got three home games this year and we should beat France because they don't look much, obviously Italy. So whatever happens next week, we're going to be in, in the mixer at the okay. top of the half, top half of the table. So, uh, and if it's all, and if, and if we do that playing the same style of rugby that we started off with, everyone's going to be. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's these next, these next two games as well. It's kind of like you've got a semi-final and a final, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. If you can get through the England game, mm. it's, it's Ireland third, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um, France last. Um, yes, it's two home games to finish, I think, mm. isn't it? So it's Italy mm. and France. And to be honest, like if you beat if you beat England and you beat Ireland, that's I'm not I'm not worried. About, I'm not about, oh, worried about the other two. You can stick the house on then. Yeah, you can stick the house on Wales then. But it's just winning in Twickenham. Yeah, we, I mean, like I say, we were the last side to do it, and that was a long time ago now. And I kind of I mean, is it a completely different side? It's a lot of. A lot I of, I think what really I mean. Going into that World Cup, I knew one of two things would happen to that England side, because this is this happens in not just in rugby but in any sport. When you are the home team, you either get such a kick out of it that it, you know you play an extra five percent better than you ever would because you've got that you're feeding off the energy of the crowd mm. or the expectation gets to you mm. as it did with like with Brazil in the Football World Cup in 2014. They couldn't cope with the pressure, mm. and that's what I that's what happened to England. You know they they crumbled. In, uh, under the expectation I think that. that started with the coach though didn't it of course it did yeah, yeah. and he got his selections did wrong did you play Barrett at outside centre he played Barrett <laughs> 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 talking, talking about football in centres yeah <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. that was that, that was exactly it you know he mm. played um, he played him there and com- yeah completely and a, fell apart and a guy who should be playing flanker at inside centre <laughs> yeah just, uh, I mean amazing stuff really mm. but yeah, so I mean, obviously, there's there's none of those there's none of those changes in there. I suppose what Jones has done is he's bought a few players. Th- you know, Itoji's gone. But obviously, Itoji wasn't in that side, and he's gone on and proved proved what a player he is. Mm. Um, and then I think there's other players that you look at as well and just go. People like going back to last Six Nations, Launchbury and Laws went so much better than they did under Lancaster. Mm. I thought, you know, I looked at Courtney Laws under because he burst on the scene. You thought, oh, this guy looks he looks amazing, looks absolute beast, and then. It's never quite settled. It's been around it a long time. Yeah, though, it has. I don't know what age he is. About, probably about eight years in his session, I think, yeah. Mm, been around a long time. And, and like, I, I can't, I suppose, because I'm not, like, as you know, I'm not a huge Cardiff Blues fan, but I live mm. here. I support all the regions. Uh, wherever they're playing, I'm supporting them, you know. Um, and, but because I live here, I can't get the image of. Courtney Laws as a young player getting absolutely smashed up by Xavier Rush. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. I mentioned him pretty much every yeah, time yeah. I'm on. <laughs> he was just a perfect height for him. Yeah. Funny enough, Zav Rush has got a similar kind of a physique to Josh Navidi. Yeah. The kind of little ball-shaped guys, like, you know, all upper body, tiny little legs, not, t- not tiny little legs yeah. at all, they're probably massive, but short little legs. And... Uh, this big gangly guy who looked like he should be playing basketball yeah. arrived down at down at Cardiff to play against him. He just absolutely smashed him up and away from home. I think. I th- yeah, I think I think Laws him. has been taking that out on small fly halves for the rest of his career, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah and I mean he, he's he's a lot he's a lot bigger bloke now than he was back in the early days of his international career. So I still think Zabra should have him though. I so. <laughs> right, we'll come on to speak uh, about Simbin in just one sec. 
Right, Simbin then, this is the chance where we get uh, to throw away a few of the uh, few of the things that have been annoying us about uh, about rugby. And obviously, as you can imagine, these will be Six Nations themed as well this week. Now, again, you've already mentioned this, uh, the, the HIA stuff, and a few people, thanks to a few people who've, who've mentioned it on Facebook as well. Uh, so we had Lucy Davis, Matt Armstrong, uh, Judith Tucker, a few others who've mentioned it. Um, and I think it's... It was such a bizarre thing, isn't it? This this whole kind of HIA, mm. and what really bugs me about it is like, look, I know there are always loopholes in the law, and you know you saw that thing with um with Ruin P nine the week taking ninety seconds to oh, yeah. to to kick, and and look, I don't really have a problem with that because like if it's there, it's there. He's exploited the rules. Yeah, he's exploited yeah. the rules, and look, that's always going to happen. But the thing with this one is, is I'm like, this has to be so clinical because it's such an important issue that you can't afford to be messing around playing, you know, this has to be something that's, that's, mm. that's taken seriously, not exploited as a, a loophole in the law. And there's yeah. all that confusion at the end of the French game and all this kind of nonsense. Yeah. I just think you need a neutral doctor. You need a neutral doctor to be looking at this and going... Well, it looks like France need one. Because yeah, it, it's again, the, yeah. It's the, same, it's the same team from the end of last year's yeah. nations doing the same thing. Under, they're under a different regime now uh, with... Um, Bruno Guinovay is having the, yeah. the boot in. Didn't they do it in between Christmas and New Year yeah. or something weird like that? Yeah, they gave him the boot, uh, and so nothing's changed though. There's still like no, no one, no other international team has got this kind of thing hanging over them. No one else is taking the piss. You know, they just. I I don't know. The thing is, why would they stand? I don't. I'm aware of the controversy because I was yeah. watching at the time. I don't even know why they stand in the game. No the guys hobbled off. It, so all I can think is. Had they used the entire bench, but if he goes off for an HIA, you're allowed to bring someone back on because right. a, a scrum half came back on, didn't he? Is that what they, so that's what I think. But I, even early on, there was a guy who was yeah, there was a, off, yeah, yeah. and they said HIA. Mm. So are they hoping to like strap him up and send him back on, saying, yeah. "Oh no, his head's fine." Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. It, I can see what I can see their motivation in that game, the hundred minute game against Wales, because they were trying to get yeah, their strongest yeah, scrum exactly, back yeah. on the pitch. But I, I, it was. The thing is, if they've got form, why are they? Why are they? Like everyone knows they were at it last yeah. season. And now they, they kind of they're not they're unrepentant. They don't give yeah, a shit. Yeah, but I, I mean that's the, that's the one area of the game though, isn't it? HIA that you just have to go with what the doctor says, mm. and and that's the, I don't know, that's the confusing and the frustrating thing with it. That I, I just think it should be a lot more clinical with that. So I, I don't know for those things. I just think you need, particularly at international level, you need a neutral. Doctor there to yeah. basically say, well, you okay, can afford it at international level. Well, of course, you can't you can. afford it yeah. in the game that's played. And the thing is, if they're going to, so this is twice now that they've stood out. If, they, if they're going to just continue bending the rules to suit yeah. themselves, then like international rugby board or whatever yeah. is going to have to say, yeah, and then we're going we're to have to watch them because they're, they're not like um, Wales did a little bit of in the autumn, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Uh, what was it, Leon Brown? That's right. Stretching, yeah, and then he yeah, there he was, yeah. He, you know, and so no, then 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 we weren't playing any HIA games though. That's the, yeah. that's the difference. We just didn't want to send anyone back on. Well, that's that's the one thing that I just think, yeah, with HIA, where it's such a such an important issue that mm. that's that's kind of really what winds me up about it is mm. that if you if you're bending the rules using that as an excuse because it is something that just need, you know we all know that there is a potential massive um, what's the word. You know, there's there's something that could ruin the sport here in the same way that that what happened with the NFL. You know, mm. you're dealing with with players' brains here, mm. and that's the that's the area that you can't be affording to 
to mess around and cloud with just because you want to get a, get a replacement back on. So that's, that's, that's got to be looked at for me. Yeah. I think you're right, particularly because it's France and they've got plenty of previous on it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was probably, aside, I mean, if it hadn't been for the big drop goal, uh, yeah. they won the game. It was the only talk, <laughs> talking point from the game because yeah. it was a naff game otherwise. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, see, like, all the all the drama unfolded in the last ten minutes of the game, didn't it? Really, yeah. you had the you had the try, then you had the missed penalty, you had that, and then the uh, the big drop goal at the end. Mm. What um, I actually just stick um, before we move on to the other things in Simbin, let's just stick with that for a minute because I mentioned that Islander um, were my kind of pre-tournament favourites. They're the ones I fancied. Were they were they the bookmakers' favourite? Uh, no, England were. Oh, they were. Yeah. Oh, okay. And obviously, we're recording this before the England game, so we haven't had a chance to look at them. I don't mm. think Italy are going to be uh, uh, necessarily going to be the, the hardest opposition for them today. But what have you made of Ireland kind of subsequent to that? Do you look at it and go, well, actually, they're able to grind out the win away from home? Or do you look at it and go, well, they're just a side that kicks the leather off the ball. Why should we feel, why should we fear anything there? Um... That's a tricky one because, it, again, it, like Wales, you can't really tell if Wales were amazing or Scotland were shite, and you can't really tell if France France were amazing in defence mm-hmm. yesterday. You know, they might turn out to be one of the best defensive teams in the tournament yeah. this season, and and then Ireland's victory looks okay then. Um, so until until you've seen another game or at least, or at least another game, uh, it's hard to say. But certainly, I, I mean, I think. Um, the centre partnership reminds me a little bit of, I'm talking about Cardiff again, the centre partnership of Bundyaki and um, Hensh- uh, Henshaw. Yeah. I knew could something, yeah. something else with H then. Uh, <laughs> Henshaw and Bundyaki reminds me of when Cardiff play Ray Lilo and Hal Holo oh, together. Yeah. Too similar. And so Ring Rose is a, Makes a big difference for their for their attack. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how far away he is from actually playing any rugby. Yeah, I think he's a big lot. Because I, I, mm. I um, you're right, he's just one of those, he's got, Electric wheels. He's mm-hmm. a. He's just a real kind of. Oh God, I'm, I'm desperate every week to not say X Factor player, but every time <laughs> I keep coming back to it, I hate the expression, but it is like he is one of those players. Mm-hmm. He's just got something up his sleeve, a moment of brilliance that can that can break down even the toughest yeah. defenses. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that that centre partnership. I'd be. You know, I'm always. I think particularly. Kind of prior to the last World Cup, I was always happy when Wales's opposition played, big players and you know played the physical kind of backs um because that kind of just suited our defensive plans because you know if there's one thing that was going to be good you knew that it was the way it was the Welsh defense so I think if I you know if Ireland stick with stick with those mm-hmm. two you look at it and go actually that puts more pressure on Sexton to do something or you know that that big crossfield kid right. to try and pull something out I don't of the know, bag if Ringrose is not fit I'm not sure what the other options are in the Ireland squad I, I I will say um, Keith Earls mm. he must be knocking on now, and he looked he looked like a twenty year old again. Yeah. Yesterday he was really quick. Yeah. Just sharp all over the place. I mean, he's been in that squad because he's on the old nine, the old nine lines yeah. still, hasn't he? So yeah, he's been around forever. I know he's probably about twenty one at that point. So yeah, mm. he's you know he's, mm. he must be knocking north of thirty, but gonna be yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a difficult one to get. The other one is is Rob Carney with you know and I've always I always really liked Rob Carney. I he's like a proper tough, good under the high ball, and then ran good lines, but. You kind of think, you know, is, is he the best option they've got at full-back? Well, he did He did have a good game yesterday, yeah. but it, I mean, it, it played into his hands because the weather was bad and yeah. there was a lot of kicking. So he was able to get into the high balls and contest for the other stuff, which is, he's really good at. So the kind of, kind of game has suited him. Again, I mean, they, they have got some 
Uh, what's his name? Lamour. Mm. <laughs> You've got to be French. Yeah, Lamour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they've got uh, him. That's right. I think he plays fullback as well as mm. wing, doesn't he? So, I mean, is I think a lot of people are saying that's the reason why Carney's playing so well because he's under pressure. Now. Yeah. Um, and obviously you've got Carberry when he's fit as well. He's yeah. a, a, a you know, he's different kind of player. Yeah. Mm. So again, uh, going back to the initial uh, question, the weather might have dictated the way that game was played yeah. yesterday. I mean, sometimes big strong teams will cancel each other out. Whatever happens, you know, whatever whatever kind of form they're in. So could that be something that that kind of plays into Wales's hands a bit now, knowing that right, okay, game plan A is going to be try and keep it fast tempo and exploit it when there are gaps. But you know, you can always fall back on, particularly if you've got. You know, when Dan Biggers fit again, you know you've got the uh, the personnel to be able to go, okay, right, if it is pissing it down, then you can pick bigger, mm. put the balls up in the air, you know he'll chase it, you know mm. half penny's good under it. It kind of gives you a, a bit more of a horses for courses. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, based on yesterday, I know it's only one game, but based on yesterday's performance, most teams are going to, especially when they come to Cardiff, they're just going to kill our ball. Yeah. Because if they know if we get any quick ball, you know, get in trouble, um, and th- I mean that's been the case for a while. When, back when uh, we were still doing Warren Ball, as it was mm. called, they would um, kind of be uh, passive defence, if you like, not not try and hit us on the game line. Passive defence, and then just make sure we didn't get in quick ball from there, because that that was kind of the tactic, kind of uh, uh, Jamie Roberts crash up from a line out or whatever. Yeah, get as far over the game line as possible, and then quick ball from there and just kind of improvise there was no plan after that it was just get get over the game line and then see what happens kind of thing and so a lot of teams have just come up yeah let him cash through and now David Pocock's going to lie on it for five minutes yeah. before, he, before he lets it go again and not just uh, the Australians but every side came over just their, their main tactic was to make sure we didn't have any quick ball from our carries and uh, it works <laughs> you know because uh, without quick ball no team's any yeah. good uh, and um, so I like I say, after yesterday, there's going to be more more the case. But it, it it'd be I would say we're more difficult playing like this is more difficult to defend because we're not we're not crashing up and so they can't they can't just close ranks around the ruck uh, and slow all the ball down. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams react to the way we played yesterday. Yeah, it is definitely, and I think no game more so than uh, more so than next week. Mm. So um, yeah, we'll we'll finish. I'm with, nervous already. Yeah, I am. We'll we'll finish with a preview uh, of that. But yeah, just a couple of other things on the uh, on the sim bin front, which a few people have sent in. Um, so one point is the uh, is the coverage on BBC and in particular the sister from Chris Lloyd and in particular kind of the um, how one eyed people can be. So I think a lot of this was directed at Luke Fitzgerald <laughs> and obviously people have said the same thing about Brian Moore for a number of years. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I find the BBC coverage actually to be massively inferior to ITV, and I I never yeah. yeah I do, and I I think I never I think particularly the the in game, the in game kind of commentary like Butler doesn't do it for me. I, it feels like you know he's it's like he's he's forgotten his reading glasses all the time. He's like two phases behind the behind the play. He he, he, he does a lot of voiceovers in the NFL coverage for BBC as well. Yeah. Which, I find really weird. Yeah, and the Olympics and everything else. Mm. It's like it's time for a butler voiceover. I can imagine him just whispering in a studio somewhere. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. all, it's all just complete twaddle after time. Yeah. It's just like like fake kind of grab, trying to give fake yeah, gravitas. Fake, fake poetry, yeah, it's fake is, gravitas. Yeah. It's just like people chasing a fucking ball around. Yeah. You know, and he's trying to make it sound like World War II. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. you know, next week it will be World War II. Yeah. But most of the time it's not. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's something that's a bit weird. I I find it quite strange that you know the international 
players who are now pundits can't be can't mm. be objective about things like you, well I mean we, we, we're Jonathan Davis is practically a cheerleader sometimes, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. when we're playing England. He yeah. popped a lot of flack last season for the Cardiff game when Dan Bigger made the interception on his own line. Yeah. None of the, and he's going, come on, come on! You could hear him clearly. And Austin, I think Austin Healy was having a go about mm. it on, um, on Twitter. I mean, I, Austin Healy is actually quite good on BT Sport, I think. I, I, obviously, he was a bit of a dick on the pitch on mm. occasion, but um, he's, he's quite good uh, as a commentator and... I think I think the thing for me is what really annoys me is just the blandness of I hate the sound bites where it, you know because you get that from the player and the play the current players have to do that because you say anything and people jump on it particularly in the age of Twitter yeah. so you, you've got to keep it fairly bland right mm. but you know if you're an ex if you're an ex pro you are there to be objective and to be critical and mm. even if he's your mate and he's in your phone book. And he's had a stinking game, and you've got to point out something he's done wrong. You're yeah. paid to do that, not there to be yeah. someone's mate. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, Brian O'Driscoll goes completely the other way when, mm. when, when, he, when he's analysing. He's with BT Sport as well. When he's analysing BT Sport, he doesn't say uh, this was awful. This was uh, all over the place. He needs to be dropped. He says, "What I love about this player is, and what mm. I like about why he does is, and so he, he keeps it positive, yeah. which is." It's okay to a point, you know. He's I I don't object to it at all. But sometimes you, I mean, sometimes Brian Moore goes completely the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when he's watching England. If they yeah. don't play well, he says, "Well, this is abject by England." I don't know what you know. He goes off on one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you noticed yesterday, but they got this um, Welsh Dalai Lama drinking game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't notice, but I heard about it subsequently. Mm, he's, yeah. He's definitely feeding lines from the drinking yeah, yeah. game. He, he for some reason managed managed to mention Donald Trump during the game, <laughs> and and then so of course one of the features on the game is if Donald Trump is mentioned down your pint. Yeah, and um, so he's definitely and the other one I don't I don't think this is true at all. But it, um, uh, Nigel Owens kept saying numbers all the time, but it was because there was too many people in the line. Yeah, and numbers it was one of the oh, yeah, drink, drink two fingers yeah, yeah. Um, but I doubt if a referee is joining in but I, I'm convinced Brian Moore yeah I think he might well have been I think the numbers one is attributed to Jonathan Davis isn't it oh is I it I think right, uh, yes, yeah, right that's what it tends yeah, to be are, it, yeah. yeah absolutely right yeah I've read yeah. that now because yeah. yeah he he does have a uh, when there's an overlap an overlap yeah, yeah along with there's no fullback at home which is another uh, another <laughs> favourite of his um, all right, yeah. So that's that brings us to it brings us to the end of uh, at the end of Simbin. And just before we uh, finish on the preview to the England game, quick bit of uh, any other business, which was uh, Tom James this week mm. uh, has come out and said he's taking a break from the game to um, to deal with mental health related illness. So again, big, um, you know, I, I think it it kind of does show how much the games move forward in that regard. That mm. that players, but hats off to him for for doing so. And obviously, we wish him all the best in his recovery. Absolutely. And uh, and likewise, uh, and likewise, the Blues for you know for presumably being. Uh, you know, great, I mean, aside from the negative, which is a player is struggling. Yeah. It's a great vehicle to raise aware, raise awareness of the issue as well. I think if someone who's an international, recent international rugby player, comes out and says, "I'm really struggling with depression." Suddenly, everyone else has got to, you know, not got to pay attention, but it yeah. kind of uh, brings it awareness to a whole new level. I think. Yeah, and no, I think I think you've you've definitely hit the nail on the head there. So yeah, all the best to uh, to Tom James, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see him back on the field when he's uh, uh, when he's ready. Right then, prediction time, Murph. You, it's up to you. We can jump, you can jump straight into the uh, jump straight into the. The England Wales game, or yeah, all right. Let's let's go straight into that. What what are you saying? Heart overhead. 
<sighs> all the other way around. The thing is, and I, again, it happens every time I go straight into bitter Welsh rugby fan mode. Yeah. But when you play in Twickenham, this is not just Wales, this is anyone. Mm. Like, even getting a TMO decision is hard. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying referees favour, you know, because there's years ago there was statistics put out to, to show that, and they probably reacted to them since, but you would get more penalties in your home games than you would in your away yeah, games yeah, yeah. awarded to you. You know what I mean? Uh, I dare say referees have looked at that and, and all the people who organise referees and tried to change things around since, and they probably don't release the stats anymore either because it's too, it's too important. But... Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, we saw how hard it was to win in the World Cup in Twickenham, mm. and it's a it's a lot to overcome. You have got a, a really big pack. You have got obviously the home crowd. Uh, difficult to get a TMO decision. Is a lot. You've got to play really well. I mean, you. What did we? What was it twenty six, twenty four? Was it when we beat them, or twenty eight, twenty six, twenty eight, twenty six? Twenty eight, twenty six. Like. Yeah. I, think I know it was, three, it was three points, wasn't it? Because they could have taken a penalty for the right. uh, for yeah. the draw. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, but uh, yeah. uh, so twenty nine, twenty six, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Crap, rugby fans can't even remember some numbers. I never remember scores. Ago. Like I never remember scores I at all. Like, yeah, no. Um, so I think you need to be to win in Twickenham. You've got to be about ten points better than them. Yeah. Like uh, that game. I don't know. I, I don't mind an excuse to talk about that game. Uh, it, we had no right to win that game. There's so many injuries. Yeah. We, I, I was almost going to switch it off. I couldn't yeah, have yeah. it anymore. We just had no right to, to come back from being behind in that game with you know scrum halves on the wing and all yeah, sorts yeah. going on. You know, um, But you need everything to go your way and I suppose it did in a way because Lloyd Williams did, just did something no one was yeah. expecting and next thing you know we're under the post. Um, but you, it's so much... Like, they didn't have a very good autumn. So, yeah. so that's one thing to cling to. Um, Billy Van Napoleon's not playing. We've just been amazing yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, I still, even with all that going for us, I'm still not confident we can win in Twickenham. No, I, do you know what? I don't think you can ever be, you can ever be really confident. I suppose, you know, recent history suggests that it's not, you know, we're not going, because pre-Gatland, it was, it was 20 years without a, a winner mm. at Twickenham. And, mm. you know, you're able to look back and go, okay, well, there was the win in 08, there was the win in 12. We were competitive there in 2010. Um, then there was the World Cup win. So, you know, I, I don't think it holds the fear that it once did. Mm. You know, I think there was, there, you know, there'd be generations of Welsh rugby players who just yeah. thought, you know, you know, you're almost kind of well, beaten there when you turn cause up. Because I'm old, I remember 88. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big bill we could do on 88 because that was a really promising side that won the Triple Crown. Yeah. And um, it, we went, then we went to tour New Zealand that summer and got stuffed naturally. Yeah. Everyone was. And the WIU sacked the coach. Six months after that, Jonathan Davis said, fuck this, I'm going yeah, north. Yeah, yeah. And after that, there was a massive drain of players, people like Di Young, Paul Moriarty, all playing in rugby league. And it, that coincided, I know it's not, it's not the reason why England were, were good, mm. but us falling apart coincided with England suddenly becoming a proper side. Yeah. Because they were shite in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, that era when we were losing, we, I think we must have had at least half a team playing rugby league of really good. I remember, because I remember... World, again, World Cup third place players, play all, John Devereaux, yeah, yeah, loads yeah. of them all playing in rugby league. That's right, and I, cause I remember it... Alan Bateman. When I first got into, got into Union, so I'd be looking early 90s was when I first really remember it as a kid. Um, and yeah, obviously, 
the the national side was was pretty poor at that, but there was the odd moment of of brilliance. But then you still had those brilliant players from that area. So Gibson, well, Gibson, was, Cornell both went as well. Exactly. So I remember watching Lee going, "God, I recognise a load of these players." That was, that was, I think, that was the start of a really good team, eighty years. Yeah. And it, it just got raked because we, mm. we, were, we were amateur and rugby league was professional. It was weird. The the, the thing, <laughs> the thing that was annoying was. English players never went to league. Yeah, because well, they were all from they good were professionals. Schools. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were all from good backgrounds. They didn't need, you know, like. Um, yeah, I mean professional in the. Uh, yeah. Like in the the white collar sense. Exactly, yeah. and I don't know what our players were doing for a living. Yeah. It wasn't anything to compete with being a full time professional rugby league player. So um, we had, you know, the like I said, Paul Moriarty, yeah. Roland Phillips was gone. Dar Young was gone, Stuart Evans was gone. They, they weren't superstars, but that was a good front row, yeah, yeah, Dar yeah. Young and Stuart Evans. Uh, there, there was loads, of, and, and so that, that period started where we, where we couldn't beat England to save our lives. Mm. We beat them in 93 at home. Uh, That's right, yeah. 10-9, I think it was. But otherwise, we couldn't beat them to save our lives, and it, it went on until fuck knows when. Uh, and it, it was, it, the trigger was just losing all our best young talent uh, in the late 80s when I was a... Well, three. <laughs> and, uh, really, I actually was three. <laughs> but, yeah. And really passionate about, you know, I, yeah. the big one for me, and I, I probably have said this on here, I don't know, was Teddy Holmes went mm. north when I was 12. Yeah. Uh, and I cried. I'll show you, I'll show you something. Huh? Again, I meant fill, fill in dead air while you dash across, <laughs> dash across to the kitchen. This is a grog of Teddy Holmes. Oh, we'll get a, yeah, we'll get a picture of this out <laughs> on the Twitter feed. My, my dad had to buy me that because I was so distraught over my hero the, yeah. reason, the reason why I was into rugby at all was Terry Holmes playing for Cardiff as, when I was a schoolboy uh, he went in 85 and I was 12 and uh, he went to Bradford Northern or something Yeah, I, I mean he went because his body was in bits he, he, he could barely finish a game for in rugby union and I didn't, he didn't play much league either uh, he went up there like, cashed in a few quid and then retired but uh, that was just, there was other players that went before obviously but that was the start of a, of a clutch of really good players all clearing off and um, th that's been on my shelf ever since. Terry Holmes's grog. There it is. Yeah, we'll get a, we'll get a picture of that after uh, after the uh, after we finished the, so the I recording. Don't know we, I don't know where we ended up. I don't know, but I like that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, purely because I mentioned that. Yeah, it's a nice, it's an interesting, uh, interesting tangent to go off on actually. Because yeah, obviously, I think everyone uh, everyone kind of remembers the the player the player drain and, that, that you know, was, and what it did to the was, side. To me, it was the best thing about going professional. Yeah, was we didn't have to give all our talent away anymore. Yeah, yeah, we could yeah. all just get overpaid <laughs> to play union instead <laughs> right then so what does that mean for what does that mean for next week let's bring it back to that oh, for a uh, sec uh, Wales by three. Oh god <laughs> I love it um, uh, I, I you know what I'm toying in my head and just go like is it is it better that I sit here and pretend to be some kind of credible rugby pundit right <laughs> and and go with uh, you know go with what I think you know might happen, or is it better for me to just sit and go? Oh no, England will win by five, and I'm knowing I'll happily be proven wrong next week. I'll go with that. I'm gonna go England five, knowing full well that if that isn't the case, it doesn't matter. My opinion is irrelevant compared to the fact that Wales might win. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I could have sat here and, and been quite pragmatic and confident yeah. actually that England are going to win, maybe by seven to ten or something next week. But yesterday's just completely thrown everything away. Yeah. Yesterday's performance, not not necessarily stuff in Scotland because we've had good results against yeah. Scotland, albeit not recently because they've, they've improved under initially Vern Cotter and then and then Gregory Townsend. But it's just the way we played yesterday it means no one knows what the fuck's going to happen anymore. Yeah, ever I, again. Exactly. <laughs> we were saying off air as well. Everyone was predicting 
uh, everyone was predicting, oh, right, well, you know, if we get an area that we're going to get on top of them, it'll be the scrum and, you know, it'll be the set piece and you think, oh, okay, right, it's going to be that way. But actually, it didn't turn out that way at all. And I, my main concern was, I thought, oh, God, if there's not a scrum for 20 minutes and they hit us with two quick tries early on, mm-hmm. our heads will, you know, our heads will drop. And the reality was, it was complete opposite. Yeah. It had nothing to do with scrummage. And we hit them with a burst of two tries mm-hmm. and they just could not recover from that throughout the whole game. So, Like I say, we, we left loads of points out there and we could have won by much more. But not yeah. that it makes any difference. It's just a W. Oh, and the bonus point these days, I suppose. Yeah, well, is it Wales' first bonus point, I believe. That would have been a cock yeah. if we hadn't got that last try, actually. Yeah. Because we left lots of opportunities. Not just the ones we dropped passes with the line of that mercy. There was other moves yeah. that petered out that should have come to more you know so lots of points were left out there yeah so yeah it's good it's good i mean you know you'd hope that just the sheer amount of tries and the way that they played means that this is you know this isn't going to be a false dawn and if it isn't then we've got every reason to be optimistic at the very least going into twickenham and um you know playing a game that, that england won't be used to us playing that way you know yeah. they, they just won't be used to it and yeah they, yeah they might be able to prepare for it but it does it does give you a lot more hope but then it's the yeah, hope that kills it, you. It makes, <laughs> yeah, and it, it makes it, it just makes it so hard. I don't, well, no one predicted it last Saturday. Uh, you know, Martin Johnson and everyone was on the on the panel and they all said, well, it depends, like you mm. just said, it depends on the scrum and all this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And um, they all got it wrong. And now I don't know what, I don't know what basis you approach next week from. I mean, you can watch England today, that'll give us, I mean, if they're awful. Mm. Or if they're amazing, you know that'll inform you about what what else might come to pass next week. But Again, from Wales' yeah. point of view, you just like they're obviously like they do to anyone. They're going to starve your possession, you know, and just try and bore you to death. And then once you're worn out, then they'll run in a couple of tries at the end. You know, that's a, that's their kind of Eddie Jones, the way they play. Mm-hmm. But um, if we, as always, if we can get close to parity up front, then we've got a chance. Well, let's hope you're right, Murph, and I'm very much happy to eat humble pie again next week if uh, if we end up with a W. So, uh, yeah, and then more uh, than humble pie if we win. <laughs> yeah, humble pints, I think, will be, uh, will be the case. But Murph, it's been brilliant chatting to you, and uh, yeah, great to uh, nice to meet you. Great, great to find me. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Um, but yeah, thank you, uh, and thank you for listening, and thanks for downloading. Uh, obviously, let us know your opinions. Really appreciate everyone doing that on the Facebook group this week. So you can do that just by searching uh, for. Uh, Wales rugby fans and we've also got a Facebook page Attacking Scrum so make sure you like that as well and if you want to do it on Twitter we're at Attacking Scrum and if you've enjoyed this leave us a review on iTunes and we'll be back to chat more rugby next week Podcast Network.